Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Milius, and I'm so glad that you're here and can't wait to introduce to you Natasha Carlo. Natasha Carlo is an itinerant counselor and author residing in the sunny twin island state of Trinidad and Tobago. She is the mother of two rainbow babies and writes about grief and loss and parenting after loss. She is a contributing writer at Pregnancy After Loss Support and has been featured in Her View From Home magazine. She is the author of Happy Tears and Rainbow Babies and Mike Nero and the Superhero School. Let's dive into the pond and meet Natasha. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you Natasha Carlo. Natasha, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I mean, the energy is already just off the charts. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you so, so much. I'm so glad you are. And I would love for you to start with, how did you get into writing? Oh my God. I, I, I remember being a little kid, like maybe eight years old and reading Harriet the Spy. I was an avid reader, you know, Harriet the Spy, um, Secret Garden, Tale of Two Cities. And just saying to myself, you know what? I want to write stories for kids too. I want to be a writer. And, you know, I really held on to that dream for so many years. But then, you know, life, I, I went to university, you know, got a job, life got away from me. And, you know, I, I would always write in secrets, you know, just little things. But this idea of writing a children's book and, and producing a children's book, it lived in my heart for so long, but I never really got back to it. And, you know, when I wrote my first book, Happy Days and Rainbow Babies, I wrote it because I wanted to explain to my living babies or my rainbow babies, which are babies born after a miscarriage, just our family stories. I wanted to tell them about uh, that they had siblings in heaven and, you know, how grateful we are to be their parents. And I wrote this, literally, it was a love letter to my kids. That's all I wanted it to be because I, you know, this children's book was way back in my mind. And I showed my husband the letter and he goes, oh no, we're, we're going to do something with this because if you feel this way, there must be so many other families who feel this way. And so that's where writing came back and I produced my first book, Happy Jays and Rainbow Babies. And, you know, it went out into the world and, you know, people with the experience of miscarriage, people who wanted to have this conversation with their children, found it to be a really helpful resource. And oh, I just love the idea that we we're so far apart. I'm I'm in my little corner of the world in Trinidad and Tobago, but there were people all over the world that were reading my book and finding community and finding, you know, the courage to have these conversations. And I just I got bitten bad. Like it like, oh, love writing and wanting to produce something just came back to me so badly. And I went on to write my second book. Mike Nero and Superhero School, and I wrote this book for my son because he was, at the time, being diagnosed, and we didn't know what his diagnosis would be, but 
but I remember just as a parent, my heart just went straight to what would his school life be like? Would he make friends? Would he find teachers who saw him for who he was and his ability, not just this label, you know, whatever the label would have ended up being. And, you know, I really wrote that book for every child who feels different because of their physical disability or because they have this diagnosis that they themselves might not understand, you know. I, I mean, I, if my son is five, I don't know how much of his ADHD he understands other than, you know, the conversations we had. So I wrote this book just to, to show, to say to my son, hey, you are powerful. You are, you have a super it doesn't matter what your disability is or what your needs, special needs are. Kindness could be a superpower. You can be, you can be the kindest person that there ever was, and that is all you need to be. And you know, I'm just so happy that people are seeing the intention. People are having conversations about kindness, which is always a good thing. So, oh, that's 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 it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So we are unpacking a few things out of that because you, oh, my heart's like, my eyes were watering, my heart's swelling. This is like awesome. And what I love so much about both of those books is that the underpinning really is, it is kindness in both of those books. It is love in both of those books. It is really about showing that you are not alone, whether you are the parent reading or whether yeah. you're the child reading. And children's books, when they are done well, it really does speak to the adult too. And so, you know, I love, I love that you yeah. chose to share very vulnerable things because uh-huh. I mean, Rainbow Babies, that's so sweet yeah. that you wrote a story for your for both of your Rainbow Babies, that they are there. Yeah but that they're a part of your family and they're just, they're just a part of your family a little differently. And you are, you're, you're talking about that in a way for a child and a parent to understand somewhat to grieve, but yet to heal. Mm -hmm. So so what was that like when you started to receive feedback from other people saying, me, you got me, you, you understood me. Thank you. I mean, I think, I think I, I, you know, it's my first time publishing a book. I had, I had no experience. I had no idea what to expect. You know, I thought, you know, okay, so maybe four people are going to buy the book. And, you know, that's four people. And I would be happy with that. But, you know, when complete strangers started reaching out on social media and, you know, saying that, you know, I didn't realize I needed to have this conversation until I saw your book. And, you know, it just made me realize that no matter what we're going through, we can always reach out and we can, we can find other people who are experiencing the same things as we are. And, you know, we can really create community. And it, it was extremely vulnerable to do because I'm not exactly discussing the most comfortable thing. You know, nobody wants to talk about babies who passed away, but these are conversations that need to happen. You know, I remember just being pregnant with my living children and wondering, what am, am I going to be able to tell them? How do I tell them about their siblings? And the minute the doctor placed my daughter 
in my arms, I looked at her and said, you're going to know everything about our family. You're going to know everything. And that's the feeling that, you know, people have taken away from the book. And sometimes I get pictures of rainbow babies in my inbox. People search me up and they send me pictures of their rainbow babies. And it's just an amazing thing to be part of such a great community and, you know, finding that space to connect to complete strangers. I love that so, so much. So when you were writing, so when you're writing both of your books, uh-huh. did you want them to have a similar look and feel or did you want them to have slightly different looks and feels? So you worked with different illustrators to, to create what you wanted for both books, even though they have similar underpinnings, uh-huh. they're still their own pieces of work. What did you do to kind of work through the two different like styles really? It was interesting. So I worked with the same illustrator, but our, my approach was different. So with Happy Tears, because it was so personal to me and I was literally telling them about my kids, I wanted, so for instance, this cover photo was taken from an actual picture of my kids. This uh-huh. is the shot that I have captured. And I was a little bit more, no, this needs to be this way because it was very, very personal to me. But with Mike Nero, the only considerations we had was that we honor the communities that we're writing about. So we were, I spent a lot of time just in conversation with my illustrator, you know, talking about how do we illustrate different, how do we respectfully illustrate the needs of these communities without being, you know, um, callous or, or unintentionally mocking in any way. So he did so much research. He he looks at the tools, the 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 equipment that that you know is used. So the hearing aids and the walkers and the the you know um weighted blankets, the service dogs. We have a service dog in this book, you know, and just everything, the headphones that one of my characters uses to drown out the noise. He just spent so much time researching it and I trusted him in that process and he just knocked it out of the park. So one of the things that we keep hearing is that there's so many, so many kids represented in the book, you know? And that's what I love the most. I love the most the fact that you can look in this book and any child can see themselves in this book, you know? Love that so, so much. I, I, I love that so, so much. So when you were getting both books out, did you consider beta readers at any point? And if so, how did you work with them? So when I did Happy Tears, I, I was very, very glad. Because Happy Tears was our story. And I was so scared and so nervous that I didn't appreciate the value of beta readers quite yet. But when I did my Nero, oh, I went everywhere. So I went to special, special needs parents in groups on Facebook and I, I gave them illustration. I said, hey, this is a character in my book. She had, she's a lovely young, young lady who happens to have autism. What do you think about these pictures? And, you know, I went to them and I said, if you were writing a book about kids with special needs, what type, who do you want to see? What would you want to see? 
And so that's where we got all the suggestions that my, my daughter uses a weighted blanket. Maybe you should, a weighted vest, sorry. Maybe you can include a weighted vest in your book. And the value that I got, not only as a new specialist parent, because I was also navigating that side of it, becoming a specialist parent and working with my son, but also just as an, as an author and as someone who was interested in representation, the value that I got from sharing my book and sharing these stories with the people who were so wonderful, I have to say, my beta readers were wonderful and I am so thankful for them and so proud of them that they can be dealing with their own kids but still be so warm and wonderful and invested in my story so I'm so grateful for that. I love that so much and yet it reiterates again the intention and the messaging behind the books of kindness mm -hmm. of yes. of having so much love for mm -hmm. for your for others really because yeah. I mean and to me when you are building when you build somebody else up you're actually elevating yourself too I mean shining that warm beautiful light on someone and the gifts that they have yeah. is just mm -hmm. amazing because then you can also start to see that in yourself too. There's, there's commonalities. We're way more common yeah. than, than others. So I love that Absolutely. so much. I love that and so I, much, Natasha. And I really didn't want this to be a book for even just kids with special needs. Yes, I love that they can see themselves represented, but I have a daughter who is neurotypical. I wanted her to be able to find value in this book as well and to, to understand that you know when you meet difference what are you seeing at the heart of it you're seeing a child who wants friendship who wants love who deserves who deserves all the things that you deserve so I was really writing for all kids not just kids with special needs and that was really important that I get that through the book that this is a book for all kids because the focus of this is kindness. So when you were going through various iterations, so whether or not it was <laughs> an illustration or a, co a yeah. concept or the words themselves, how did it feel to keep going through the iterations? And how did you know when you were ready? Because that, considering the the intent and the purpose and the, yeah. the, the elements that you were really interested in trying to hone, that could have been very easily turned into polishing the stone and polishing the stone. So how did you know when you were, were ready? How did you know? And, and to really say, I, okay, I can do I know, I know that you're right. You, you nailed, you, you hit the nail on the head. Really, honestly, I held on to this book for over a year before, you know, taking it to my publisher because I remember, I, I, and there were nights that I couldn't sleep because I would be up thinking about this book because I promised you I would rather have no book than to have a book that made even one child feel even more isolated or sad. It took, a, it took me a minute, it took me a minute. <laughs> but because I knew that this was a responsibility that I did not take lightly. This was something that I really wanted to get right. And we you know there's no such thing as a perfect book, but I wanted to be respectful. Every word, I, I turned over every word in my head to make sure that this was something that 
honor the community. And, you know, even with the illustration, you know, there's a, uh, there's this, this, one of my favorite illustrations in the book, right? That so much. There's a stripping playground and the kids are, you know, all on the playground in different corners. And I remember I loved it so much. My illustrator brought it to me and I loved it. But there was something that just kept nagging at me. And I said, what is it? What is it? It's such a beautiful image. What is it? And then I realized that in a school that was so inclusive, that had kids with various degrees of blindness, kids in wheelchairs, kids with mobility issues, you would not have cobblestone walkways because that could be very dangerous for them. So I had to go back to my illustrator and say, hey, we need to switch this out because my mother's blind. There's no way we would we would take her along uh, an uneven path like that. So as beautiful as it was, we had to adjust it to be more reflective of what would actually happen in the school. And so there were a few times where we, as we learned more, we had to go back and do better in the story and change some stuff, whether with the images or even with the wording of the story. But this process has been amazing. We learned so much. And I'm, uh, every time I asked a question and I got information and answers, you know, I made sure that that was reflected in the story. So when you shared earlier that you were, that there was that, sometimes you can feel scared, you know, that little bit of, oh my gosh, am I going to really do this? Or this is a lot of information or the vulnerability. How did you come yeah. through that? You know, there was a lot of that, I'll be honest. But, you know, one of the things that I kept going back to was the fact that there was value in this story. You know, I, I, I knew that this was something that would help my son. So I knew that it was something that would help someone else. And I didn't want to lose the value of the story to being scared or to be or to second guessing myself. So I I set out a plan. I, I asked questions, I learned as much as I could. And you know, I really observed my son and I really, you know, was honest about the things that I was that, that made me feel vulnerable. I was honest with my publisher and we spoke about it and really getting the information helped me to be like, okay. This is what I want to say. I'm ensured that I've done it in a responsible way. I think this book is ready now. So I'm proud of it. Not, not in the prideful sense that, oh, look at what I did. But I'm proud of it in the work that went into the community that went into this book. You know, so I'm really proud of that. Oh, I... And that's what I feel listening to you, that there's this, yeah. you know, I, I, what I'm hearing is it's, it's pride, but it's, but actually the word that it's coming to me isn't necessarily pride as much as it's love, that it's, it was, yeah. it, it was yet another form of love, not just pouring into it, but the, but the community, like you said, going, yeah. that, that it's yeah. supported the feelings that came out from it. Yeah. And what I, took away as I was listening to you talk about like what you did to overcome it you really kept coming back to your why why were you writing this why was it important why did it matter to you and mm -hmm. and that that why that that and that love 
that message of kindness was way more important to to share and to to yeah. do than to let something get to you. So it might have yeah. gotten to you, but it didn't keep you down. And I love that. You rock on. Yeah. That is awesome. That Thank is you. cool. Well, I, I do. I think that that's, it's courageous to put a book out because, uh-huh. you know, it, there's something very vulnerable about sharing your words in writing and then to, to get it out in the world. Because uh-huh. once it's published, there's that other side of, oh, you need to be talking about it. And it's, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it, I love that you have done so and you can feel the love that you have. That's so cool. So, so cool. So my question now for you is now that Mike is out, I <laughs> love that name too. He's just so cute. And the, the name, the yeah. you know, superhero school, I mean, seriously, yeah. so precious. What have you, what have you done to help get your books in front of the right readers? So now when they're published, how have you gone about marketing? How have you gone about sharing your books? So just being extremely vulnerable. I, again, you know, I, I'm not a master at social media, you know, but I've used it to be very vulnerable and to share the process of the book. So even as the book was coming along, I would share images, unfinished images of the book. And I would talk about the fact that, you know, we're in the process of creating this book and, and you know, this is what, or this is one of my favorite images or, you know, I really love this aspect of the story and that would have gotten people interested in, you know, the fact that I was even writing a book about kids with diverse needs got people interested, you know, and so even before the book came out, there would be a lot of, so you're writing a book with characters who all have different needs I say yes, and they were like, "But not one character in a in a school." I said, "No, they they all have different needs, and you know that would really get people interested." And you know, it for me, it has always been more about touching the hearts of the community that I'm writing about than it has been about mass appeal and selling to each and every one because I want persons to, to, to share a book with their child and have their child go, that's me, you know, or, or pick up a book and be like, there's a kid in my class who uses hearing aids. Is she that? And start that conversation, you know. So I am marketing it from the heart. Does that make sense? Yes. So there's, uh, before... I, you know, before I do the mask, I want to make sure that I get the core group, the, I get the core audience that I need, and, I, and I'm really sharing my heart with them. And so far, I've been really, really loving the response to them, and I'm so grateful for that. I love that. But the fact that, to your point about being vulnerable, is really also mm-hmm. about being authentic in that, because you're showing the vulnerability of not just writing, but you were writing again, something that's quite personal. And you're, to your point, you're also opening up the space for a conversation in someone else's Mm. home that helps to make that safe for them too. And that's just, as that's beautiful. I think that that's such a really cool thing because books have a way of doing that. You know, when, when that book, 
touches the right person. Mm-hmm. It is such a cool feeling to know that yeah. you're just a little, you were part of that. You were part of that night bedtime story with your book mm-hmm. or, or that child wants to keeps bringing that book back to you and say, read this again, yes. read this again. So I love that so, so much. So, so yeah. what does your son think about his book? <laughs> so, so my, my son, my kids were illustrated into my first book, mm-hmm. right? So for this book, you know, I didn't, I created characters. And at the first, in the first version, they were not happy about that. What I had to do is I had to go back and put my children into, in the background of some of these images. <laughs> then they were perfectly happy. They, were, they, were, they loved the book, but not until they saw themselves in the book did they buy into the book. But now it's one of their favorite books. We talk all the time. And, you know, I, it's a beautiful story. My daughter, she was in Zoom class because they're on Zoom. And there was a little boy who was having a little difficulty reading. And, you know, you can tell the teachers that a little frustrated with him. And she said, Mommy, you know, Miss should not be getting so frustrated with him. Remember, we're all different and we learn at different speed. And I said, Yes, baby, we do. And she said, We need to be kind and have patience with other people. And I said, Yes, baby, we do. And so, you know, they're consuming the material and it's it's creating conversations and it's creating changes in them. And, you know, I'm just so happy and so thankful that, you know, this was a conversation that we can have, you know. Yes. And I, I love the fact that your toughest little critics were like, we need to be in the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Yes. I'm, I'm so sorry. So, you know, I, I, I follow an author who does that. He, he represents his kids in each of his books with a ladybug, I think. So maybe that, maybe I'll just, I'll just put them in from now on. Yeah. I love that so, so much. So, so when you are coming up with the ideas for your book, is it something where it sounds like it's just something that you realize that it's touched you and it's something that feels like other people can relate to. So then you start crafting an idea of how to, how to write that, how to tell that story. So with that in mind, by chance, is there something else that's brewing in your creativity to have at a much later point? So, so many, so many stories are brewing. And, you know, sometimes they come to me just, you know, in the middle of the night and you know, I get up and I write them. Oh, good. But, you know, I've been having a lot of people ask for more of the Mike Neal story, more of the Mike Neal series. And, you know, I realized that they're, what they're asking for is maybe a more intimate look into the lives of each of the kids that he meets. So maybe that's where we'll go next. You know, maybe Mike will have more intimate experiences with these kids as that's, he goes through his day. Yeah, I love that so, yeah. so much because... Yeah, I do as well. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes a writer comes out of a book and says, yep, this is a standalone. And then yeah. it just all it takes is just your editor coming back to you or your yeah. some, some readers coming back going, where's the next book? 
when's the next yeah, series? I had not considered that before at all. <laughs> you know, I the story was, you know, what I wanted to say. And but you know, I've been getting a lot of people asking for that. So that's something to think about. And I'm excited about it. I think so. I I think you're on to mm-hmm. something because I yeah. I want to hear more about Mike's journeys too. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, yeah, you know, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's nice. He's making friends, and he's a shy he's a shy main character who you know has his own ideas of what he can do and who he is. And he's meeting people who are kind of shining that light, and his light is is you know coming alive. And they want to see what does she do with it? What does she do with this newfound confidence? What does she do with this newfound ability to make friends? And I think it's a good story to continue. I absolutely echo that. That is awesome. I am so excited for you and where your journey takes you. So Natasha, where can people connect with you and where can they get your sweet books? So I love connecting with people. So you can find me on Instagram at Natasha Melissa Carlo and on Facebook at Natasha Carlo Author. Um, and my books are available at barnesandnobles.com, blackbabybooks.com, and amazon.com. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Natasha, for this fabulous conversation. Thank you for having me. You are amazing. You're amazing. Thank you for creating this space. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.